0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. My name, again, is Jeffrey Davis, and we continue to stream stories of entrepreneurship, leadership, and how people are dealing with this economy. Every week, we like to check in with the one and the only Mark Furman, director, shareholder at Carlo Hart and uh, Rogers, for the segment Entrepreneurship and the Law. Welcome back, Mark.
1: Hi, Jeffrey. Great to be with you.
0: Uh, Good to be with you, too. I started to think I was going to say Neil Chayefsky, uh, uh, you know, in the law. You know, from our younger days.
1: <laughs> You're so, Mark, yourself, Jeffrey. Uh, so I thought we should talk about, uh, you know, contracts and, and uh, one of my pet peeves. Uh, um, so you are a buyer of goods and you have a, uh, uh, someone who wants to buy them from you. So you find a supplier and uh um and you enter into an agreement under which uh the supplier is gonna send you the goods and you're gonna turn around and you're gonna sell them for a nice profit. So what could possibly go wrong, Jeffrey? Um everything. <laughs> so the the answer is is many. Many, many things and uh, nobody ever cares about what the terms and conditions are uh, except when there's a problem, which does arise. And uh, there's been an awful lot of problems since COVID hits and supply chains were disrupted. Uh, But I'm here to just ask a few questions that I hope business owners will keep in mind And maybe they'll address their terms and conditions when they buy, when they enter into contracts, when they sell to try to protect themselves for when uh, things don't work out. Nobody needs protection when everything goes hunky-dory, but uh, the cases across my desk are, of course, the ones that uh, there are problems. So what happens if your supplier can't perform? Well, that means you can't perform. So you need to understand what the implications of that. And, uh, you know, we have these dramatic uh, spikes in prices. We've got significant inflation going on. It's how significant depends on the industry. Uh, You know, a lot of goods come in from overseas, but the disruptions and bottlenecks, in getting them here uh, are are significant. So how will the dispute be resolved? Another question. And there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's there's different pieces of that. But for one, uh, one question is where will it be resolved? Do you care? Do you care whether it's resolved in arbitration And if so, where will that arbitration be held? Will it be in Boston? Will it be in San Francisco? Will it be in Singapore? Uh, Do you care? Well, right now you may not, but if something goes wrong, uh, you may very well care, whether you're talking about Boston, San Francisco, or Singapore.
0: Uh, Well, I add Vancouver to that because I saw that last week from a client.
1: Yes, it could be anywhere, anywhere in the world, uh, and sometimes there's fights about whether uh, a particular uh, forum, a place where the dispute is going to be resolved, uh, is enforceable or not, which will certainly uh, result in extra litigation or dispute resolution costs. Uh, a different but related problem is. What law will apply? Will it be the law of Vancouver? Will it be the law of Singapore? Will it be the law of California? Or will it be the law of Massachusetts? And what are the differences? What are the differences on who's liable for what? For damages, uh, it's every state is not identical. They all have the right to pass their own laws and certainly uh, sovereign countries outside the U.S. have their own laws. Um, so what about a limitation on damages? In this example I give where you can't get the product that you've committed to sell to a buyer, do you have a damage limitation that protects you against uh, on a claim by your buyer? But does your supplier have a damage limitation that protects them. Oh, all you get back is your deposit. Uh, But your buyer doesn't have that clause in it. So you're potentially liable for lost profits. So these contracts don't tell me they're boilerplate, although I can't tell you how many times people view them that way. They have real legal consequences and uh, depending on the size of the contract, they can be critically important. Obviously, if you have a five or ten thousand dollar issue, uh, it's probably not going to be a threat to the company. But if you have a six figure issue or a seven figure issue, um, these can be of great importance to the company and
0: crippling. If it ends up in litigation, and if if it's seven figures, and it's litigation in another city, it could be crippling for a company.
1: It can be, um, you know, the the dispute. I mean, you generally you save money in arbitration, but you have a less certain result because there's no appeal. To the process usually is streamlined. There are exceptions to that rule. I've seen some arbitrations that went on for a long time but um, if everybody's cooperating and um, it is possible to have a speedier resolution but the contract terms are what the arbitrator is going to uh, decide uh, interpret and what it means to the to the situation so uh, my message is contracts matter they're not just boilerplate and while you're at it about considering what your terms and conditions of sale are, um, if you're a seller of products or services, um, because you want to protect yourself, you want to protect your company, you want to protect everything you have spent years, and in some cases, a lifetime building.
0: Well, I have a question for you, Mark. Uh, I think, you know, we have a reporter on the show, Phil Sharkey, that does background checks. And I'm just thinking as you talk, should more companies be doing corporate background checks around a company's litigious history? And can you get their litigious history? Because I know sometimes there's confidential settlements. But if you're going to sign a contract and it's San Francisco or Vancouver or Singapore, if you could find out if they have a history of litigious situations with company to company that would help you to decide if you wanted to sign those agreements correct yeah i mean there's
1: in general um civil lawsuits are public records sometimes the settlement agreements are confidential but the fact of the existence of the lawsuit the allegations that were made in the lawsuit um you know has somebody you know what is there a pattern of types of things that happen you know maybe something that happens once is a is an outlier it's hard to go through a, a business career without something going sideways but if there's a recurring issue no you know the old there's a saying in banking know your customer well i think it's important in business to know who you're doing business with and um and, and so a little due diligence is is i think a good investment obviously it depends on the size of you know the transaction that you're talking about but um knowing who you're doing business with is important and I'm re-
0: I, I i remember must have been 25 years ago uh, maybe 30, 25, we'll say. And I was uh, being asked by a large corporation to do some work. And I told you about it. And you said to me, be careful. You'll probably never make money from them. <laughs> so I do think it's, and, and you know what? You were right, again. And I think it's important to do background checks, not just on people, but on corporations and find their history.
1: So. Yeah, <coughs> you know, different uh Companies have different reputations, Um, uh, you know, how they treat their suppliers, how they treat their their customers. Um, So I think a little bit of uh, knowledge is power. Um, Everybody wants to make the next sale and and you're laser focused on the profit that you're going to make and appropriately so uh from uh, uh but everybody enters into transactions totally focused on the the upside but sometimes you have to play a little defense too and uh, the great sports teams you know they're not they don't just play one way they play both offense and defense i like to say So we've been
0: speaking with Mark Furman, Tarla Breedhart, and Rogers. This has been uh, Entrepreneurship in the Law. If someone's looking for you, Mark, how do they find you?
1: I can be reached uh, most easily um, by email mfurman, F-U-R-M-A-N, at tbhr-law.com. And uh, always happy to chat with folks. Great.
0: And I remind everybody this is Radio Entrepreneurs, and we'll be speaking with Mark again next week. And this is at this time, we're going, we will take a break.